Welcome to Startup Confidential. What food and beverage industry players will never tell you that you need to know if you're running a startup. Let's do this. Welcome to episode 29, an interview in two parts with Jake Huber on the art of sales negotiation with retail buyers. So let's do this. Welcome, everybody. I've got Jake Huber with me, uh, one of my rare industry expert guests, because as you know, I generally don't have a lot of guests. He's currently the SVP of business development for the Better Food Group, which is a newer value-added investment group building out its current portfolio of brands. Jake has spent his career in sales and sales leadership, and that has included some of the hottest startup brands in CPG, Tiny Hero, Right Rise, heard of those. His experience in the industry has taken him from sales, business development, and fundraising all the way to advanced customer behavior analytics at my nemesis, 8451. Sorry, 8451. Um, And he's also had the distinctly interesting experience, I think, of managing one of the leading brokerages in the U.S. Just to get things going provocatively, what is the most common mistake that founders make when they approach buyers? I need one, just one. Just one. So if I was to give one and encapsulate, it would probably be thinking thinking that you're more important than you are. Really, that Ouch. comes from... <laughs> That's the history of my whole personal life, Jake. Mine too. And uh, <laughs> personal, professional, it's a center of one. It's an American affliction. It comes down from from really not doing your homework. And homework can be uh, mm. on them. So the retailer, you should understand the category at that retailer, you should understand the buyer, who they are, what she's like. And then, of course, the other side, which is you actually need to do your homework on you and your own business and exactly what you're trying to do. At the end of the day, you got to be based in empathy and understand what their desk is and what they're trying to do. And then you need to be an honest assessment of, is that the right fit for you? You know, some some people, you know, will hold a certain customer in super high regard, even though they've never done the actual due diligence to find out, do they actually outperform in your category? Are they really where consumers are going for your particular innovation? And we just get caught up in kind of the surface level. So I do think the approaches are similar in the sense that you position yourself the same and do the homework and and follow up and keep them informed of your business moving forward. So Now, is there a personal component, though, to buyer assessment? I mean, with investors, I know because of my private equity friends, that it's almost the number one thing they evaluate first is would I trust this guy and his team? A hundred percent. Okay. To add on, buyers are going to either usually subconsciously be in that frame of mind because as a startup, you know, they have to place a bet on you, literally place a bet and they have risk to placing a bet on you. And so, yeah, there is a personal component that says, Hey, does this person one have a demonstrated track record of being successful? Are they the type of person that I can rely on to deliver? Um, Now they're going to kind of look under the hood and and see what your Mm -hmm. supply chain is like and maybe ask some probing questions. But at the end of the day, they're investing in you uh, as a person and your integrity and all those things matter. You can insert language into your pitch that demonstrates that you understand their category or their customer or their main rival or what the challenges are on their desk. I think that just will give you far and away a a good 
kind of leg up in that sense. They're also going to be looking at, and these are things you need to offer up sometimes, which is who are you surrounded by? You may be a team of one and you are getting it done, you know, scratching your nails to the bone, trying to get things done as, you know, juggling plates as a, as a founder. However, there's right. always people in your corner and you, you want to look credible and you want to look like you know what you're doing. So anytime you have investors, make sure you mention that support, mention advisors that you work with, even informally that you can bounce ideas off of. These are things that mitigate risk for them. Are you connected enough to where if a problem comes up, are you resourceful enough to solve it? Do you have the people around you to help you kind of turn that into a success? So I think that, right. sure. that side of credibility is, is really important. What can a founder with no prior track record of pulling what you just described off do to impress buyers? Yeah, it's a good question. It's very subjective depending on the buyer, which is why I say you should okay. do your homework on your buyer. But I think okay. like there's some general rules that I've always used that have given me some success, which is the first one is just have humility. People like to help others. It's innate. Nobody likes an arrogant, self-centered founder or salesperson. But this kind of tactic only works if you come prepared. You got to speak mm. in their terms, not yours. Uh, have some insights on their category. Even if it's maybe a throwaway statement, it just shows that you've, you've taken some time to think about their desk. And honestly, even, even if you give them some insight that as it relates and ties back to your brand, it opens up a meaningful conversation their eyes will light up, their body language will change, and they'll start engaging with you on conversations that are incredibly valuable, like, what's your strategy? I've, I've always used the, the phrase of, you should be the lightsaber and not Luke. You are a tool in their heroic journey. You are not the hero, and don't get it twisted, ever. But when it comes down to the literally networking my way in next to the buyer, what are your tips for how to do what we want instinctually you and I would recommend, which is we got to figure out how this guy thinks, except you haven't talked to him yet or her. Yes. I mean, is, is this something more than social networking 101? Is there some tricks that people should use? I will use my network. If anyone has ever sold to them in this category or in a previous category, because these buyers can switch desks, I will ask yeah. them how they are, who they are, what makes them motivated, what makes them happy, what makes them angry, how do they, what do they, you know, how do they do their business and how do they manage their desk? You got to have some salesmanship in you. You have to understand that nobody's going to do this for you. You've got to kind of go out there and look that that type of creative way of getting in touch with somebody stands out. Like I'm telling you, there's not a lot of people that dig deep that try to go to that extra level to, to make that contact um, without being completely annoying. Get comfortable with digging ditches because that's what this is about. And if you don't want to get your hands dirty or if you don't kind of like doing that, then you need to hire somebody who can and who will. Because at the end of the day, this is a, I like to still call it a 100% commission sales business. You don't get in until you start getting accounts to say yes or you start selling to consumers. And that's just not going to magically appear. You have to put in some work there and you'll get frustrated. You'll be doing it for months and not get anything. And then all of a sudden that pipeline just starts kind of pouring out the other end and maybe a trickle at first. But man, I can't tell you how excited I get. Even to this day, when I'm trying to hustle up new business and I get a reply back from my buyer that's like, hey, got your message. It could even be a no. It's like, I'm not reviewing this in for like five more months. And I'm like, Yes, that just gave me the fuel for another three months worth of this stuff. It, it's either 
maturity or zen or you're just a fucking masochist but yeah if you're getting jazzed if you're getting jazzed about no i think you definitely are in the right career <laughs> we gotta be really honest when we look at the landscape of founders out there a lot of these guys and girls are very introverted that's what i've noticed they're a lot like me how the hell does an introvert pull this off without falling into the trap which i see again and again i call them remote control founders um, <laughs> which is that well, because I think they're caving to a weakness. You're talking to a recovered introvert, right? Who has sold in multi-million sure. dollar deals to C-level people and never thought he could, right? So what would you say to them when the instinct is, well, hire a broker, but actually what's driving that is they just don't want to, they don't want to go through that growth curve. Should they invest in going through that growth curve or should they just fucking hire the master broker and be done with it? There's two minds of this. Either you lean into your weaknesses and get comfortable with being uncomfortable or you... Mm ignore your weaknesses and double down on your strengths. I do say it's a little dangerous for founders to not get too involved in their business, especially on the front lines. The yeah, engine of the car is sales. And you gotta be there, man. You, you've got to see it, yeah. you gotta be punched in the mouth. You gotta realize where the pain points are, how things actually work. Because if you don't, you just, you end up wasting a lot of money and time. Yours truly, I kid you not, 15 years ago when I led my first half day client session, they had to fucking carry me to the airport. I was practically comatose after four hours. That's how introverted <laughs> I am. I'm embarrassing myself for a reason, which is that last week I did a webinar, a podcast interview right after that, and then I did six and a half hours of virtual client session all in one day. And my wife, when she woke up, said, wait, you're doing all that in one fucking day? You're going to be a basket case. Do you still get drained by it or is it energizing I now? Do. Or how does it, I do. Is it different? No, it's never, ever, it's never energizing. No, that's the problem with with introverts. That's why I feel for these guys because they sometimes yeah. have really great product ideas, but this is like the absolute most alien thing they'll ever do is a buyer meeting or chasing the buyer to get the buyer meeting. And that, folks, is the abrupt end to part one of my interview with Jake Huber in two weeks. We'll have part two. As always, be safe out there. Dr. Richardson's new book, Ramping Your Brand, is available now on Amazon. Please check it out and spread the word. And don't forget also to take his Founders Quiz to see if your team is ready to ride the ramp of exponential growth. You can download the quiz at rampingyourbrand.com anytime. And feel free to share your scores with Dr. Richardson anytime at james at premiumgrowthsolutions.com.